you need to be the source of the information because everybody can Google at this point. But if you can't answer the question, they don't want to work with you. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. Today, I get to interview Alicia. So Alicia Lopez, she's from Ocala, Florida. She's been a broker owner, been an agent for about 20 years. Her company is Ocala Realty World out in Central Florida. And today I get to talk to her about all sorts of things, real estate. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. What's the world like in Florida right now? Crazy, but a good crazy, but crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So the, so real estate, so we've had a kind of really busy markets all over the place uh, this year. It sounds like, a, I think a lot of people have been moving out to Florida from other places. Is it still like that? Have you sensed any slowdowns at all right now? Actually, no, it just seems to get even busier. More and more buyers are coming from outside the area for sure. You know, everybody loves Florida, what's going on in Florida and they want to be a part of it. Yeah. So, so how many transactions does your team do out there? So we've been averaging anywhere between six to 700 annually for the past two years. And then we're on track to do about the same again for 2021. So how many people are on your team? So I'm broker owner and we've got traditional brokerage model plus the Lopez team. And so Lopez team, I mean, there's maybe five or six agents in the office that are under Lopez team as well. But we've got about right now, 75 agents in our brokerage total. You know, it varies. I kind of did a little house cleaning recently, you know, and agents that were just not that they're not productive, but just, you know, sometimes real estate's not for them. So it's a good conversation to have and they've moved on to other stuff, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, so you average like 10 sales a year per agent when you're talking about you're, you're doing seven or 800. Is that how it works? What's, what's the, what's the highest volume one of your agents has? Uh, highest volume. So we're looking at anywhere. So last year we had um, almost 10 million and we had a little over 10 million and that's with an average home price, 150 to 175. So that's a lot of houses. Uh, right now, we're actually seeing that higher. I have a couple agents that have already broken the 10 million mark uh, midway through the year and just recently because volume uh, price points have gone up. So that definitely helps. But then uh, inventory is low. So then transactional kind of goes down too. So we're really fortunate to still be able to keep that six to be on track for the six to 700 transactions for the year with the inventory being so low. Yeah. So 75 agents, some of them hitting 10 million. So some of them are doing 50 or 60 transactions a year. Uh, some yeah. of them, that means they're doing less than 10. Are you still transacting yourself? No, I'm not a competing broker at all or owner. Uh, my husband also is not a out there anymore. He's just training agents. You know, we found that we had to, t- in order to service our agents, 
the best possible way. There was no way that we could also be out there selling at the same time. So I took a step back years ago, and that was really uh, kind of like a, a breaking point in our business and our growth when I decided just to go into retention, agent management, and kind of mama bear of everybody. Yeah. How long were you an agent before, you know, when you were doing transactions yourself? I was, I was an agent about seven years and then got my broker's license 10 years ago. And I was still selling up until five years ago. Okay. So you got your license a long time ago. Why did you get your real estate license? That's actually a really good story. It's, I think it's a different story than most. So I never in a million bazillion years ever thought about real estate. When I met my husband and we started dating and moving together, he was already a realtor. And I was in college um, for interior design, actually going for my, almost done with my bachelor's degree. So I grew up in my mom's office like I was always with mom, you know, and days off from school, my brother was always with my dad. And I didn't realize that I was learning all these admin skills from my mom at that time. So when my husband and I, when we moved in together, I just took over as his admin because I saw how disorganized he was. And it drove me crazy because I'm like, anyone that knows me, I'm like crazy OCD, but proud of it. Like everything has its place. Everything has to be in order. So I just took over. I was like, hey, I'm your assistant. Well, he was in heaven because he's the hunter. He loved the chase. He loved the deal. But don't bother me with paperwork. And I mean, isn't that so many realtors? So I actually learned the business from the opposite side that most learn it from. And I was his admin for a few years before I actually got licensed and became his buyer's agent and I never wanted to become he's like get your license get your license. I'm like no 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 that's your thing and the market crashed in 08 yeah. and he's like well I guess you finally have to get licensed and I was like oh, I guess I do because I was working for a builder in West Palm and I was doing all their AutoCAD work as their designer and the market crashed. They went out of business and there went my job. And I'm not one to sit around and do nothing. So I said, well, I guess I might as well do this real estate thing. So I was really fortunate to get in that way and learn from him. So you got your license in the crash, which mm -hmm. back in 08, 09, especially coming from a builder. It's funny. I was a, I was a builder when the crash happened. And the, you know, and we were used to building houses and selling them and life was good. It would take us a hundred days to build it. And before we even started the house, we had it pre-sold. Like life was so easy. And then the market crashed and created a whole bunch of shifts. But that wasn't a very easy time to become an agent because it seemed like at that time, any REOs and short sales that people were listing on the market, they already knew who they were going to sell it to. They had their preferred buyers. You know, the guys that had all the deals, the, it, it was like uh, the people that were doing great were doing fantastic. But most, the average person couldn't get an offer accepted for the life of them. All kind of like it is today. Like right now, there's 20 offers on each property. It's really hard as a new agent to get an offer accepted. How did you succeed during that time? What was it like your first couple of years? How did you get your first deal? So since my husband was already licensed, at that time, the broker that he worked for down in Pompano Beach, like had him stuck, my husband's just stuck at his hip and taught him and held his hand and was just really there for support and taught him the business the right way. 
So I get licensed and I'm already admin side. So little, I had been hearing all these things, not realizing the value of what I was learning and listening to at that time. You know, looking back, of course, now I know why all that happened. Um, so I was already learning how to be my husband's buyer's agent before I was ever licensed. Like I was studying all the scripts and all the objections and anything a buyer could possibly say and how you overcome it. And then I already knew all the admin side of it. So I didn't get bogged down by all the paperwork and the stress of learning the contracts and all those things. So for me, it was easier than the average agent to be able to get their first deal. And it's really funny because my husband's first deal like 25 years ago, because that's how long he was licensed, was like a $70,000 duplex in Fort Lauderdale. And my first deal was a 695,000 horse park here in Ocala. So I always rub that one in his face. <laughs> but, you know, it's experience. It's, and I would never have been able to do that without him because the certain things that came up on that deal, of course, that I didn't know he was there to support me. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their, pro their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I wanna sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for 220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents. It's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site. So buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. Yeah. Being able to get to get to learn from somebody and be in the business before getting into the business. Just mm -hmm. being around that family business seems to have helped you jumpstart. One of the items that you sent in for our toolbox. And so for listeners that are new, if you guys go to our website, you can download the free toolbox. And what the toolbox has is everyone that we come on an interview throws, gives us something, gives us something of value that you guys are going to get to learn. Some of it, it's like questions to ask buyers, how to nail your listing appointment. Um, the one that you said you're sending over is a, uh, let's see what, it's a nine insider tips to increase your buyer conversions. Tell me just the first couple of those and, and, and what they're going to get if they find it. Well, my absolute favorite of all of them, and this is just so true, whether you're even on the listing side. So it really doesn't matter what side of the deal you're on is don't have commission breath. And you're like, what commission breath? Well, it's that same old story about, the nobody likes the car salesman nobody wants to be sold um and it's it's really true because most consumers 
they say 75%, but I mean, in our world, in my world, I think it's more like 95, 96% of the consumer, they want to feel good about the decision that they're making. So if they feel your desperation for commission, whether it's just because you love money or you have to pay your rent or your mortgage or your light bill, put food on the table, like whatever it is, and when they feel that, they're not going to care that, oh, well, Susie's got to pay her mortgage, so let her just worry about her commission and not my feelings. Um, so that's huge, is you can't let that come across. And you cannot be in this business if it's just because you want to make money because it's super lucrative industry but it's a people business and people are people and when they feel that that's all you care about is money and I don't care how you try to cover it up you know your character is your character and some people it just like reeks right through and that's why I say commission breath so you got to be so careful I like that as a first tip. So you guys can get the rest of those tips if you go and check out the toolbox. But that's yes, nobody likes a nobody likes a car salesman. It is always the saying that we say is, "Oh, that person reminds me of a used car." It's not just a car salesman, a used car salesman. Somebody's being really, really active, trying to obviously they're working for their own best interests instead, and they will sell you anything in order to make a buck. And I could see in real estate with houses being so important. Um, I've had a few of those experiences of the the people with commission breath, like you said. I think that's a, a funny way to get to describe it for how for how negative it could be when you're trying to build your brand and your reputation. People talk about you know, real estate is a long game, and the you have to you can never really lose your temper or get in a fight with another agent, or, or because it's going to come back. You know, life we're, we're around for a long time. Life is long, and life is short. And so being able to make sure that you never know when you're going to need that person on the other end to do a favor for you. And so uh, I'm still surprised how many deals we do with agents that are just meet, like that are just mean and cranky and are not thinking about any sort of future interaction or deal with you. I've had so many that I, I go, I wish we wouldn't have accepted that offer. If we'd have known that agent was going to be acting like that, I wish we wouldn't have accepted that offer. And so it is important to think about that sort of long game. So You've got a bunch of agents out there, a bunch of new people coming on. What's the biggest piece of advice you give the new agents in your market out there? I definitely say is do your research before you join a brokerage because this is huge. Like, So I was so fortunate that I didn't have to think about these things, that I just had my husband. He knew real estate. Like, I didn't even think, like, how do people learn real estate back then? And he taught, he was taught right, so then he taught me, and we were just running his locust team. Uh, when we went off and opened our own brokerage about 10 years ago, that's when it hit me, like, oh, new age, like, agents are not taught, like, I was taught, and, like, Lewis was taught. I never even thought about that part, like, what a blessing, and that was kind of, like, for us, like, that's what we're here to do, like, that's our purpose, is to actually get agents and teach them just like we were taught. So that way then they could have the same success as well. Because I think the statistics are 86 or 87% of agents within the first two to three years of being licensed go out of the business. So that's like basically 10%, if that, of new licensees actually stay in and have longevity as a career. 
but they're never taught in licensing school. Nobody ever mentions it that you should actually do your research on where you hang your license because where you hang your license is going to be the difference maker between getting out that gate fast and strong and having a successful career quickly or hitting your head a bazillion million times and becoming part of almost that 90% that in two to three years are going to be out of the industry. Because you have a lot of agents that get in the business and oh, that's easy. I'll be a realtor. Like, I love HGTV and house centers. I can do that. Well, first they can because they don't like to be in front of a camera. <laughs> and video, right, is like if you can't get on a Zoom or you can't get on your phone and, and make a video for whether it's like your listing or a service that you offer, you're out of the game at this point in this day and age. And so when they say like, oh, HTD, I love that. I could do that. Well, no, you can't because you're afraid to even make one little video say like, hi, you know, I'm Susie and here's the services that I offer. So they can't do it, but they think like, oh, that's simple. And they think it's so easy to deal with people, but we all know that people are not easy. You know, it really takes, I think, a special person, a certain heart to really deal with the consumer, like actually truly deal and understand them. So if you just go and join a brokerage because, you know, oh, they're number one or, oh, I like virtual, you know, there's something out there for everybody, but you have to figure out like, what do you need to learn? And most people need handholding. Most people need a hug. Like I had an agent just pop in the office earlier. Uh, we're a very low capacity just to be on the safe side, but she just popped in because she needed a hug. And like, yeah, I said it, a hug. But, you know, we're, we're good, so we can have a hug. But we, we need that as humans. We need to know that we're thought about, we're, that we're important, that somebody actually cares about us. And then you got to, so many people could go out there on social media and say, like, oh, I'm the best team leader. I'm the best broker. And you should join my team or join my brokerage because this is what we do. Well, anyone can say anything, but... Do they have a proven track record? Do they really have the experience, the numbers to back it up? Because experience is what's going to help somebody else. And so if I just say, hey, I'm Alicia, I'm the greatest, come join my team, but I don't have all that experience behind me and proof that my husband and I have made superstars and we're still making superstars. Like I could tell you whatever, but then my promises fall short. So the research is huge. And then they say, well, how do I do that? And if you go to a broker that you're going to interview and ask them, hey, can we pull up numbers? And could you show me how you compare? I love it when they do that. Like, I actually offer it because I want them to see so they can make an educated decision rather than just tell you a bunch of lies. And then when you join on, like, oops, I got to hide from you because I remember what I told you. Or I don't even remember. I, like, I said that. So that happens a lot. So you're doing your research is so, so important. Some of the other research items you guys emailed me about was kind of you're encouraging some of the new after people have chosen their broker, right? The mm -hmm. you talk about, you know, studying the market. You talked about making sure people are actually scrolling through the MLS, you know, two to three hours a day to see mm -hmm. what's happening, what are the price points in different areas, learning about specific neighborhoods they want to they want to get, you know, niche in. Um, you talked about real estate being a moving target. And then being ready to advise people on, you know, buyer and seller decisions and things like that as part of that study. Talk about that a little bit. 
So just like anything, I mean, if you're going to sell, like if you're selling a cup, you know, that's your job is to just sell the cup, right? And you know nothing about the cup. Who's going to believe you? Like, okay, so you're selling me a cup, but you don't know any of the features. You know nothing about the cup. Well, all you're doing is making yourself look good fool. And that's the name that you're building in the industry. So even though real estate seems to be easy, like we said, you really need to know your numbers. Like you need to know if somebody comes to you and says, well, I'm looking for a starter home for 250. Okay, well, where are you going to put that? Like you need to know right away, like this neighborhood, that neighborhood, that neighborhood, not, okay, well, let me go look that up and I'll get back to you. Like you just have to be able to talk on the fly. Or if uh, you're talking, let's say in line at the grocery store, and somebody wants to sell, you find out where they live and, you know, like just an average of what they can sell their home for. But like, oh, well, you know, I'd have to check. Nobody wants to hear I have to check all the time. Like you said, well, my team and I, and I'll find that out for you. But, you know, that answer after a while gets old. You just really need to know what neighborhood is what price point, how fast homes are um, staying on the market, are there any fixer-uppers out there even? You know, what's new construction going for? What neighborhoods to take a buyer for new construction? Like, you need to be the source of the information because everybody can Google at this point. But if you can't answer the question, they don't want to work with you. So part of studying the MLS is you're saying find your neighborhood and, and be checking every day to see what kind of listings are on the market. So if you bump into somebody and they say, this is what I'm looking for, you can say, I actually saw one of those listings yesterday. Let me go see. Or studying the details. How much are they getting in concessions? How much is stuff selling, you know, purchase price compared to list price? So you're like studying your neighborhood, going through the MLS and reading anything you can on those listings because it's just going to stick because you never know when you're going to need that info. You're never going to know when it comes up in conversation, but it's a way you can become an expert on a market or a neighborhood before you actually do any deals or do any transactions. So I like that. The especially when when comping houses, when we were big in, you know, got big into buying foreclosures, it was always, it was so detailed on exactly how much we could sell this house for. And to do that, we, you know, we were bidding against other people. So to buy them on foreclosure with the plant with the chance to resell them. So we needed to figure out exactly how much we could resell it for. And there was so many details, even though we'd look at a neighborhood of hey, all these houses were built by the same builder, figuring out, well, what were the finishes in this one? What upgrades did they do? Did Were these the ones that converted the garage to an extra bathroom and extra square footage and all sorts of different stuff? Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our biggest podcast sponsor we have right now, Rent Ready. It can be fun getting a new real estate deal, but it can be tough managing your properties after the fact, especially if you're long distance investing or trying to manage multiple properties by yourself. That's why we're here to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a property management software that not only makes it easier to manage all your real estate deals from one platform, but they also have the best customer service support in the biz. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily manage properties, collect rent, list units, screen tenants, sign leases, all from your phone or computer. Imagine all of your real estate doors right in your pocket. How awesome is that? The best part is it's so affordable, one flat price for everything, unlimited properties, tenants and support with a real live human. And I have to add in there, that's a new business model that not a lot of people are doing. There's like this freemium model where people say, hey, you can try this, but as soon as you grow, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. Or they kind of punish you when you get too many emails on your list or too many companies. 
they aren't gonna punish you when you grow. They're not gonna charge you more when you get 10, 20, 30 rentals. They're gonna charge you the same when you have two or three as they will when you have 50 or 60. So you have a nice fixed cost, all software, all in one place. Check it out, RentReady, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. And if that's not enough, RentReady is giving our listeners a special code you can use to get a whole year of RentReady for just $54. Use code R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-50, that's Rockstar50, and sign up for RentReady's annual plan at RentReady.com. Again, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code Rockstar50 to get RentReady for only $54. How about this? What's one simple change agents can make to draw to to their workflow to drive more business? So this is kind of one of those out of the box changes, but I apps this is like my ride or die I live by and I don't veer off of is my health. So if you don't have the mental and physical health that you need to be able to get out of bed every day and be excited about who you're going to help and what you're going to learn and how you're going to make a transaction happen, whatever it is that drives you, you're only going to be able to go for so long. And so, unfortunately, I had to learn that one the hard way, that I was always like the hustler, had the grit, you know, go, 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 go. And either you listen to your body and slow down and take care of yourself or God will slow you down and make you listen. So you have two choices. And so for me, it was God slowed me down because I didn't listen. And I had to learn how to take care of myself mentally and physically to be able to sustain the success that my husband and I had already created and keep going forward. Because mom of three teenagers, well, and then have a hubby, have a brokerage, have all these agents. So I'm kind of like mom to everybody. And sometimes that's exhausting. And I, when I learned how to take care of me, I, our business even went to a whole nother level and it continues to. And so we just ignore that. They say, well, I don't really need to eat or I don't need that much sleep or I don't need to exercise or I don't need to take time for myself. And you do, because if you don't, it will catch up. It might not be tomorrow because with me it didn't, it took a good six, seven years for it to catch up, but it caught up. And when it did, it just completely stopped me in my tracks. And I don't wish that up on anybody. All right. So the, so the last question, as you look at this next year, lots of competition out there uh, for sales. We're seeing some adjustments uh, in the market in different places. The uh, yesterday, I, I just read the article that uh, Keller Williams, the, they had their, their big event, and they've kind of uh, they kind of announced that they they're, they're seeing a, a settlement coming or they're going to see a correction coming of, of prices going down. And at the same time, that's tough to swallow as we see prices just continuing to, to skyrocket. So anything you haven't mentioned yet as the best advice you would give somebody for how to succeed in real estate, particularly this next year for the next six to 12 months, what are some things they're really going to have to do to be able to succeed in this market? Definitely. Knowing your market, knowing your price point, um, and what you just, to piggyback off of um, prices going down, I mean, I know there's a lot of pockets in North America, you know, that are experiencing the crazy market like we are in Florida, but like I had heard in January of this year, 
from a financial analyst through NAR, and he was stating that first, second quarter of 2021 would be a market that was so insane that we would never see a seller's market like that again. And that's been true. And then he had also mentioned that mid to end of third quarter 2021, we would start to see a shift in the market and a little bit of a stabilization. But if in January prices have gone up, let's say anywhere from 15 to 18% up until right now, and it has in our area, then by right now, middle of third quarter, if we start to see a decrease by the end of the year of 12%, it's still higher than it was. So the stabilization that everybody's like freaking out about or the drop, I don't foresee that to be a problem because it's still higher than it was in January. It's just stabilizing because you have a lot of buyers that are out of the market right now. They kind of gave up. We've got a lot of buyers coming into the market because they're moving from somewhere else that they want to live in our area. FHA, where nobody wanted to take an FHA loan for second quarter, now we're seeing that, okay, we'll take FHA if you're a stable buyer. So it's just knowing your product and don't give up, keep going. Most people... They just stopped like, oh, this is too hard. Well, everything hard, like everything worth it, right, is going to be hard. If there's anything worth it and it's just been super easy, then you're like in that like point zero 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 one percent of the world that, you know, you're so fabulous and everything's easy for your life. But everything's hard. Not having business in real estate's hard and having a lot of business is hard. Um, not right. Like I was, yeah. I read something the you other don't day. Have any- yeah, it's like uh, if you don't have anything, you're 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 fighting for more, and then all of a sudden you get too much business. You're like, okay, how do we do this? I like that. Whether you're if you're successful or you're not, it is hard. So the Alicia, this has been this has been a great interview and a, and a great episode for real estate rock stars. If people are going to want to reach out to you and ask you more questions, find out more about what you're doing, uh, how do they find you? Uh, easiest way is DM me on either Instagram or Facebook, Ocala Realty World or Alicia Lopez. I made it super simple, but just message me and ask away. I'm happy to help as many as I can have the success that I've been so blessed to have. Awesome. Alicia, thank you so much for coming on. The You guys should check out Alicia. If you're trying to get licensed out in the state of Florida, I know you also have you know licensing courses or a school where you help people uh, get licensed out there as well. So uh, thanks again for sharing your wisdom today and Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. 
every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.